In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. It is In the Lab time, like you heard from that deep baritone voice. And I'm Drew Doherty, like you heard. And that's John Harris. What's up, John Harris? Uh, it's going well, Drew. Love doing it in the lab. We're right in the middle of training camp. But so happened that the in the lab day was on an off day. So which, it actually turned out. Which I celebrate. Okay. Because it's, it's been nice to be outside. It's been nice to get sunshine on my right. shoulders like John Denver. Mm-hmm. But it's also good to have on warm clothing because it's a <laughs> yeah. It's our it's our own CRZ basically inside NRG Stadium. It is, it's I kept see. to fifty eight degrees, I think. Yeah, AC maybe colder. It's yeah. I mean, my office is right next to yours, and I open the door, and I'm just like, ah. Oh! Yeah. I mean, I need a jacket. I mean, in fact, I'm wearing Mark Schmedium right now. You're not. And, and listen, some of you out there listening right now might be like, whatever. These guys just they're they're just cold blooded. No. Okay. Not at all. No, everyone on our side of the building has to wear sweatshirts or jackets. It's freezing in here. Anyways, we digress. When last we talked, training camp had not started. Since it's gone down for about a week, I want to get your mild surprise of training camp. Because, you know, we're around the team enough. We're not really going to be surprised by a whole heck of a lot. So we're going to do mild surprises today. We're also going to chit-chat about a competition that I'm not sure a week ago at this time we really thought even existed. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking and about. It's a, I mean, it, in itself, it's a mild surprise, but not all that huge a surprise either. So we're going to get into those two things, mild surprise, player, and then a little bit of a competition. But before we do, John, I want to talk about our good friends over at Redbox, because you like movies. I, I love do. movies. It's a fun time watching movies. And post-game entertainment starts with Redbox, John. Newest movies, fresh from the theater, starting at just $1.75 a night. And for just 3 bucks an evening, try the hottest video games for PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch. Go to the box at your favorite retailers or stream new movies instantly on demand. That's a big deal. I don't know that everyone knows about that aspect of Redbox. Mm-hmm. You can stream yep. movies on demand through Redbox. So get together with family, friends, the crew, or whoever. Make it a movie night. Make tonight a red box night. All right, so mild surprises, John. I know you've got probably a couple. I'm going to go with one that is from a position group I'm very, very bullish about, the mm-hmm. tight ends. Yes. Now, Kahali Waring, the rookie, has not been on the field quite yet. Yeah. I think he's going to be out there pretty soon, and it's, it's going to be fun to see what he does because he was very, very encouraging what we saw from him in May and in June during OTAs and minicamp. The Jordans thus far have looked good, although Jordan Thomas has gotten banged up, so he's yeah. missed a few days of practice. And Darren Fells, who we're both pretty high on because of what he can do as a left-left tackle, as he likes to call himself, yeah. or a right-right tackle. Yeah, exactly. Can catch touchdowns, too. <laughs> yeah. But there's another guy, Jarrell Adams, who did not get much mention earlier in the offseason. Right. He's been around the league a few years, was with the Giants. He's got a lot of bark and a lot of bite. Oh, he's man. got a lot of bark, that's for sure. But there's been some bite there, there too. Definitely has. You yeah. know, he's he's scored some touchdowns. He's caught some touchdowns, and he's a big physical presence. He's been very fascinating to me to see him succeed. Yep. And he's taken the most of this advantage with with wearing out with Jordan Thomas out. Mm-hmm. He's gotten some extra reps, I think, and he's made the absolute most of them. Bill O'Brien said good things about him yesterday, and the tight end group as a whole, the yep. guys that are out there. But uh, Jarrell Adams has been for me. 
a nice, mild surprise. Now, it's going to be tough for him to make this team because those guys, Waring and Thomas, are going to be back yeah. health-wise. They'll be back. Yeah, It's a crowded field. I think four tight ends is, is your max. But Jarrell Adams is doing his darndest to make that a very tough decision for the coaches and the personnel staff. You know, when Jarrell came out of South Carolina, I remember watching him thinking, boy, that's, he's, he's, kind of, he's an F tight end. There are three classifications. There's On one end, you've got the F tight end, who is kind of like a glorified receiver. Mm-hmm. Then on the far end, you've got the Y tight end, puts his hand in the dirt, the traditional tight end maybe that you know. And then there's the U tight end, who's kind of in between, mm-hmm. kind of do a little bit of both. And so a guy like Steven Anderson a few years ago, he was an F tight end. Then you have your wide tight end. That was CJ, CJ Fedora, which is like your wide tight end. And then Ryan Griffin was your U. Now with the group you have, the lines are a little bit blurred for them now. And I don't know if they fit completely into those boxes because they can kind of do a little bit of all three categories. Like you look at Jordan Aikens and you think, okay, well, he could put his hand in the ground. It could be a Y mm-hmm. at times. But you really like the, the capabilities of him as an F, as, as a wide receiver, basically. So he's probably a, you know, so they've got qualities of both. When Jarrell was coming out of South Carolina, I thought, boy, he's an F tight end. I mean, that's going to be a pass-receiving tight end. And I still think that. But, boy, he's made some nice catches. And you talk about Bark. I think it was Sunday. He must have been – he was woofing with somebody. And he came up big a couple of times. Yeah. And he let them – he let the defensive backs know, like, hey, I'm here. I'm making plays. You can do what you want. I think the tight ends have had a little bit of a burp their saddle. It, when somebody's wanted to get in their face, because that same day, Jalil Dye got a little mixed up with Jordan Aikens, and they kind of got chest-to-chest chest on each other, and then Aikens tore up the rest of practice. <laughs> so it was really it was really kind of cool to see. I'm going to go on the defensive side of the ball for mine, Drew. Okay. And you're right. I'm glad you prefaced it by saying, look, we're in this building, so we're not really ever surprised by anything. But I think from a mild surprise capability and candidacy, I think A.J. Moore is a little bit of a surprise because going in – you didn't really I mean defensively. Yeah, defensively. Cuz he led the team in special teams Yeah, so there was not there was no surprise there. Yeah. So, ultimately, I'm not really surprised that he has been a factor at safety, but that he's made the number of plays that he has that he's covered pretty well uh at safety. We just didn't really know what he was capable of. And I think back to his days at at Ole Miss and there wasn't a whole lot that stood out where I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, that's a guy I'm going to go bang the table for. But then when you get him in the building, you see him and you're like, man, that guy's got a smile on his face all the time. He's always prepared. He loves going on special teams. He doesn't say one iota about not playing defense at all. He took the year to digest the defense. He continues to do that, learn the defense, learn where he needs to be. But he's got a pretty good handle on what he's doing. I just watch him kind of manage everything. He's good with his disguises, but he's made some plays. And I think – solidifying in some sense kind of that fourth safety spot. You knew you had Justin Reed and you had Tashawn Gibson and Jaleel Dye came along. He's made a good impression, I think, on these coaches. They were all starters last year. Yeah, who? What? who's going to be the fourth guy? I think it's been pretty clear through the first week of practice that, that uh, uh, A.J. Moore is definitely going to be that number four guy. I like he brought him up because we talked with him back – on media days in May, mm-hmm. and I talked with him. I talked with Buddy Howell, Peter yeah. Kalambai, a lot of guys who were rookies last year who basically were just special teamers in coverage, yep. and that was a good thing because they were really good at it. They all let, they were in the top four. They're phenomenal. Along with Johnson Batamosi, the veteran, in leading 
in special teams tackles. And with each of them, I kind of asked, hey, Peter, are you? Uh, what, what about your, your defense? What about playing linebacker? And they, they gave there. And Buddy Howell, hey, you want to get some carries this year at running back. Well, with AJ, it's the same thing. And I get the, the sense that they all are looking at that defensive or offensive side of the ball as be nice. I'm going to try my best. I'm going to, I'm going to play with reckless abandon and try to get that job. But my first order is being great on special teams. Yeah. And it's kind of like they're playing with house money almost because they know they can excel on special teams. Right. So, hey, let's let it fly on the defensive side of the right. ball. And it's everything you said. I mean, he has really flourished. He's making plays. He's been around the ball. You know, he's doing all the right things yeah. away from the ball on other plays, but he's routinely making plays and getting the ball away. Yeah. And that's been something that you don't always see. I think what what why it's really why it's great, Drew. You know this as, as well as I, but the numbers get squeezed to fifty three. They get squeezed even further on a forty six man game day. So if you have a guy that excels the way that a guy like AJ Moore does, and he can be your fourth safety, mm-hmm. and you trust him to be that fourth safety, then you're not taking up another spot. If you think about the safety position last year, you had to have another body out there. You know, Dre Howe could play special teams, but Dre was probably not going to play special teams. Uh, you know, Dre was your third safety. But look, last year you could take Kareem and put him at safety if you needed to. You don't have that this year. You're not taking Roby or Lonnie Johnson or J. Joe and putting them back at safety. You've got a clear cut. These are your corners. These are your safeties. So the fact that A.J. can be your fourth safety and also excel in specialty, that just makes it easier for the coaches to be able to say, we need that guy in the 46, yeah. and he's not taking up an extra spot. So to me, it really helps your numbers when you can look up and say, do we want him to take reps? And and that's where, for Buddy Howell, it gets kind of interesting because the running back group has been pretty good. Buddy's exceptional on special teams. So how do you balance out keeping or putting another running back out on the game day roster knowing, okay, do I have to choose between that running back and Buddy? And I don't want to do that. And I know Brad Seeley's like, whoa, 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 no, no, no. Special teams, Buddy Howe. You know, but then Danny Barrett's saying, but I, but I got to get – I got to get – so it helps when those guys that do excel on special teams yep. that they can take up Maybe not the number one or number two spot, but they can be the third running back. They can be the fourth wide receiver. They can be the fourth safety. They can be the fourth corner so that you're not carrying an extra guy. You've got that taken care of, and it's a guy that if he has to go in the game, he knows what he's doing. He can give you a good time. That really is what A.J. Moore has given them early in camp. Yes, he has. And then speaking of special teams, the punter spot. Trevor Daniel had a good season as a rookie last year. Top five in the NFL as far as getting punts down inside the twenty. And that's a collective effort. It's not just the punter yeah. doing that. But did a pretty good job. But they were not going to let him, not that he was, but there was not going to be any resting on laurels, right. so to speak, because they brought in Brian Anger. So far, Brian Anger's looked like he can punt. I mean, we know he can punt. We know he's yeah. been a good punter. But there is a competition there at the punter spot. And also, it helps ease the load, so to speak, as far as training camp and not wearing a guy out. We've heard about this year over year over year yeah. from Shane Leckler. But, yeah, Anger has looked pretty good so far, and I know you, you've seen him over the years in Jacksonville yeah. be on the field beforehand. He, you know, it's interesting, Drew. I, you and I, have known, we, we've known each other, you know, dating back. We've known each other for a good 11, 12 years, been in the building together for six years, done podcasts for a couple of years now. I mean, you you know, 
You know the buds impressed with me. Like you start talking kickers and punters, you you know I'm like, all right, come on, Drew. You, like you know that. <laughs> but th- it's sort of changed a little bit with these two. Most of the time during a special teams period, it's at training camp. Essentially, everybody kind of takes a mental break, other than the guys that are out there for special teams, because the the special teams becomes kind of different in preseason practice. Because you might work with a group and then realize, oh, wait a second, we're going to cut two of those guys. And all of a sudden, the punt team looks different. And so it, it's it's kind of – you might have a mishmash of guys that you might not have during the season. So it becomes a little bit different. So sometimes people kind of check out. I know I'm kind of making like notes. I've stopped when the punt team goes out there. I watch every single punt because Trevor and, as they used to call them in, in uh, Jacksonville, bangers – they hit rockets. I mean, there have been times I somebody walked over to me while the, the they were punting and just started talking to me about something. I can remember what it was. And I said like two words and then boom. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm watching this just the football just go in the air. Just, I mean, the hang time is unbelievable. Watching those two guys punt. And it's back and forth and back and forth. It's like one guy hits one like 70 yards. The next one has a hang time of like five seconds. It's been unbelievable to watch them just boom punts out of the back of the end zone. They were working on that the other day. They were booming punts out of the back of the end zone. And it's one of those things where you have to look up and go, man, who hit that one? Oh, that was anger. Okay, who hit that one? Oh, but Trevor hit a rocket. Look at that. It's been phenomenal to watch them work. I have got it's like one of my guilty pleasures at practice. <laughs> like I watch every single punt. That's why I brought this up because I do time. know you, and I do know your. I don't want to say disdain, but I'm not a big fan of punters and kickers. Yeah, so that's why no no position player ever is because this has been a, a bit of a surprise. You know, you thought, oh, they like that rookie punter. You right. figure he'll be around for a while. Trevor because, will be the guy. Yeah, but they're going to challenge him and. Trevor's responded. Mm-hmm. Trevor has absolutely responded to it. And I think Anger's, to your point about house money, maybe not house money, but he's looking at it going, look, I'm I'm not the incumbent. I just come in here and punt and just do what I do. And if you wonder how good Brian Anger is, Brian Anger was drafted in the third round ahead of Russell Wilson mm. back in 2012. Mm. I think people have heard of him. Mm. That's, how good, that's how good he is. But, look, the punting world, I think we found that last year. The incumbent was Shane Leckler, and had been the incumbent for a number of years. And then here comes Trevor Daniel, day after day. Just nobody's safe. Yeah. No, nobody's safe in, in that world in particular. I think it's even more up and down. So, a couple of bad punts here, there, and that spot, that spot is is always open, no matter yeah. whether they're Daniel or Anger. It doesn't matter. You have you have a day or two where you're not punting extremely well. It's not going well. One and these two, I think, are are pretty close. But man, they hit rock. I'll put it this way: I feel like no matter what happens, those two should be punting for NFL teams this year. Mm-hmm. They should both be punting for NFL teams this year. All right, we're going to be talking about an NFL team this year, yes. all season long, here on In the Lab. So we thank you all for listening. For John, I'm Drew. So long.